Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The following podcast contains explicit language. Several years ago, I was at home alone swiping on Tinder. And while I was swiping away, I noticed this guy who is sitting on a giant metal chair. And I was like, where did he find such a big metal chair? Does he own it? Did he build it? And why would someone want a chair that looks that uncomfortable? Is that a photo from his sex dungeon? And then I looked closer. And the big chair wasn't just a chair. It was made out of swords. Swords stuck together like a magnet toy. And that's how I came to learn that this is a very special chair. It's a chair that people sit on because they all like to watch the same television show. This is Why Why. I'm Andrea Salenzi. And today on the show, we're going to explore one of those common online dating experiences, which is seeing your potential mate posed in a promotional chair for the HBO show Game of Thrones. The chair has a name. It's called the Iron Throne, apparently. I don't know. I don't watch the show. The chair gets around, though. It usually shows up at premiere events. Replicas travel to exclusive pop-up bars and fan conventions. Replicas have shown up in the middle of Union Square, in the middle of Times Square. HBO was even selling replicas for a while. It was only $30,000 plus $1,800 shipping and handling. As a total outsider to the show, I found myself very turned off when I'd see a guy in the sword chair. And I wanted to understand why. And in a bit, we're going to hear the whole story of the throne with help from a Game of Thrones expert. Let me just warn you guys that there will be spoilers. Nothing from the new season, season seven, but stuff from before that. But first, I sent my Panoply colleague, AC Valdez, to see the chair himself. It's inside of a new pop-up bar in D.C. The line outside the door was two hours long. And once you get inside, there are themed cocktails, some kind of dragon thing, a weird tree, some crests and stuff. And then you can put your name on a list waiting to see the throne. And everyone there was looking at their phones because they text you to let you know when it's throne time. AC spoke with a single guy there named Constantine, who said he'd totally use his new throne shot for online dating. If it's a good photo, I'll do it, because I have a lot of goofy photos on there, right? Represent myself. Okay. What, kind of, what kind of photos do you usually post? Um, any photo within the last few years that, like... 
you know, it looks makes me look good and also is representative of somewhat of who I am. Yeah. Like, I have a photo with a funny Donald Duck hat on. Now, the way the Iron Throne steers many of these guys in the wrong direction, at least for me, starts with the way they're sitting on it. It's probably the case that I was manspreading in my picture on the throne because I think I was thinking, all right, how do I like take a photo where I look like a king? Right. And taking up as much space as possible, looking Rick regal is kind of the name of the game. The Game of Thrones. Joining me now to tell the full history and implications of the sword chair is Isaac Butler. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What makes you a Game of Thrones expert? What's your qualification here? My qualification for being a Game of Thrones expert is that I have read all of the books. I've even suffered through the the most recent two. I've watched uh, every you know episode of the show. I talk about it all the time with my friends. And I'm uh, actually going to be co-hosting a, a podcast for Slate Plus uh, about the Game of Thrones TV show. First episode coming out this Monday. It'll be free. And then but after that, it goes behind the paywall. Indeed. Now, I realized something crazy about Game of Thrones, the television show that I've never watched. The word throne is right in the title. The word throne is right in the title. Interestingly enough, or not interestingly enough, depending, the uh, book series is not actually called Game of Thrones. The first book is called A Game of Thrones, but the the book series is actually called A Song of Ice and Fire. But no, the TV show, they're like, nope, this is about a throne. Isn't that like a James Taylor song? That does sound like a yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen ice and yeah. So the um the the no no, but in the TV show they were like, nope, this is about a throne. This isn't about a song. This isn't about ice or fire. This is about a throne. And so very much uh, the show is centered on the contest for the Iron Throne. It's not about a throne. It's about thrones, plural. Thrones. Uh, yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, there are a couple of. I mean, I guess there's a couple of thrones, but really the throne that everyone wants is the Iron Throne. What are the other thrones? What are the other thrones? Well. Yeah, oh, oh, actually, no. This is this is the the, the, the whole point is that <laughs> because if there's like a bamboo throne, no, no, no. that might be my guy. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yes, yes. When you sit the pleather throne. Uh, no, no. The whole point is that it's just called the the idea of ambition to rule the land is called the Game of Thrones. Right. So you, when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die is the saying. But the universe of the show only involves one special sword stool. There is only. Iron Throne. And uh, that's the only one that people care about. In fact, one of the other characters already rules a totally different continent and sits on a totally different throne. And they're like, nope, that throne's bullshit. I want the one that's made out of swords. And what is the story of how it became made out of swords? It's it's funny you should ask. I actually uh, uh, printed out some information here <laughs> about that. Uh, <clears throat> ahem. <laughs> You have to imagine, I don't wear glasses, but you have to imagine that I have them and I'm pushing them back so far that they're embedded into my skull. There is this uh, continent called Westeros, and Westeros is broken up into all of these different kingdoms. This is hundreds of years before the show takes place. And then eventually, this is all backstory, uh, eventually this guy named Aegon Targaryen, who comes from another country with his uh, family of Targaryens and a bunch of dragons, and he conquers the entire land. And these dragons are kind of flying weapons of mass destruction. They're very difficult to kill. They can burn whole villages to a crisp. It's like, so he and his Trogdors all come to Westeros and they they take over the whole thing and they unify it into the Seven Kingdoms. And so he is Aegon the First because he becomes king of the whole thing. And what he does to symbolize his mastery over this land is he has the swords of everyone who surrendered to him melted together to make a throne that is a symbol of his power. 
but there's two important things. One, the throne is a misshapen asymmetrical monstrosity and uh, 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 to sort of symbolize the brutality of conquest. And two, he leaves the swords that make up the back of the throne kind of sticking out and sharpened so that you cannot lean back in it. Because the point is, is that a ruler should always be active and paying attention to his kingdom. And in fact, according to the legends of the show, multiple people who have tried to sit the Iron Throne and sat on it improperly have died. So it's not like a piece of furniture you really you like one in your living room or whatever, right? It's this incredibly violent symbol of power and what it takes to hold it. Okay, I have so much. Yeah. First, I want to know, is there a Westeros Baptist church <laughs> that's like parallel yeah, 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 to yeah. the Westboro? Yeah, the God, God, God <laughs> hates dragons. They come around like picketing funerals being like, God hates dragons. Or actually, it would probably be Unix in the world of gaming. The God hates Unix. Or no, there is no uh, – there is, however, a religious fundamentalist movement that grows over the course of the narrative. Interesting. Was it a dragon involved in the melting yes, together? Yes, the swords were forged by the breath of one of his uh, dragons. Uh, in fact, I have the uh, name of the dragon right here. It is Balerion the Black Dread. <laughs> Such a good name. And the hammering of it, according to this article I read, took 59 days. And there's a citation, so there must be somewhere in one of the books where it's like, oh, and by the way, the hammering took 59 days. How many dogs do you think are named Balerion the Black Dread? Oh, that's a really good question. I bet there's a lot of Balerians. You know, um, my wife and I were looking to adopt a dog. Our, our dog died uh, uh, a couple years ago, and we were looking to adopt one in the fall. So every now and then I torment her by going on Pet Finder and sending the cutest corgi mixes I can find. And there are a lot of when shelters adopt dogs, they just give them all theme names. So all the ones adopted on the same day have like, you know, different dances, like there's salsa and mambo and stuff. So, and, um, there are clearly ones that are like, this was our Game of Thrones day. Here's Cersei. Here's Jamie. Here's, you know, uh, <laughs> and John And do they Snow. look like the characters? They don't at all. I mean, Jon Snow kind of, you know, he's got that like hair and the beard. I mean, he could be, uh, I don't know what he could, like a terrier. He could be some kind of wire-haired terrier. Jon Snow, that's a cool name. I hope nothing ever happens to him that's bad. Uh, he's already died, but he's come back to life. So that's all right. So the throne is an asymmetrical monstrosity that you cannot really lean on. But I have to say, there are a lot of people in these pop-up stores leaning heavily on the chair. Yeah, it's like that they haven't considered, you know, the dark nature of rulership, that there might be some downsides to being in charge. Do you think any of the prop replica chairs or the chairs that are for sale online also have sharp edges that could kill you? I could be wrong, but it is a government regulation that you can't make chairs that kill people, right? Like, I mean, you can't mass produce a chair that kills people. I'm pretty sure you'd get your pantsuit off. But right. so uh, if we want, if we want a painful chair today, we just get a standing desk. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I bet you know, if there's like a homebrew chair that was made on Etsy, I would actually kind of watch out for that because if it's made by like an enthusiast, it might actually be a chair that would kill you. <laughs> so when I see a guy sitting in the chair that can kill him. What should I be thinking about him? What what kind of message are the guys and girls sitting in these chairs for their dating profile sending? Right. Well, I think the message they're trying to send is just like, I love this show. I love this show so much I sought out this chair and sat in it. You love this show. Millions of people love this show. Let's get together and watch this show and then, uh, you know, make out. That's clearly what it is. But I think if you 
tease out the implications of who has sat the Iron Throne and what they've done to keep the Iron Throne, which is usually butcher a lot of people. Uh, uh, it's not great. So I, if I can, I would totally date a butcher, but someone who's butchered people. Butchered people is bad, uh, right? Yeah, totally. No. So if I if I could run down some of the more recent holders, so it's important to note that the Targaryens intermarry. Right. So like that dynasty is formed through intermarriage. Um, and that's the power couple that runs the throne right now. No, 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 no. That's the the historically. So okay. uh, Aegon Targaryen conquers it. But there's lots of intermarriage in his family, much like uh, Alexander the Great's descendants largely intermarried. I think Cleopatra was married to her brother or something like that. So there's a grand tradition of it. But anyway, so they intermarry and intermarry and intermarry. And that leads eventually, as you might imagine, to a, a mad king, King Eris II. And King Eris II, also the mad king, basically he is kind of like Caligula mixed in with like latter period drinking his own urine, Howard Hughes, right? So he like doesn't ever leave his castle and he's really paranoid. And if he doesn't like you, he has you burnt to a crisp by a dragon, right? So he's so he's not great. And he does all sorts of stuff to kind of ruin the alliances that have kept the seven kingdoms together. And he is eventually overthrown. And that rebellion takes place a couple decades before the start of the show. And at the start of the show, the man who overthrew him is, who threw him is the king. So that's King Robert. Robert Baratheon, who is this kind of Falstaffian drunkard and a whoremaster. And, you know, when he when he takes over the throne, he tries to kill all of the Targaryen children because he doesn't want any of them to rise up against him. And he is eventually ah, like Kim Jong Un style. Sure. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 exactly. And he is eventually murdered through the cooperation of his wife's cousin. So his wife, Cersei Lannister, uh, sleeps. I've heard that name. Yep. She sleeps with and sexually manipulates her young cousin into helping cause a hunting accident with King Robert. And he's killed by a uh, he's gored by a boar and the wound gets infected and he dies. I believe that's correct. So then after him is King Joffrey Baratheon, who is King Robert's son. This is heavy air quotes, but he's actually the son of King Robert's wife, Cersei, and her twin brother, Jaime. So she didn't create offspring with her cousin. She did it with her brother. With her brother, yes. So she sleeps with her brother. So uh, And then King Joffrey is this kind of cruel psychopath, and then he's eventually poisoned, and he's replaced by his younger brother, also the result of this twin cest. And the younger, uh, the younger brother is very sweet and doesn't realize the extent to which he is manipulated by his family. And after that's made quite clear to him, he commits suicide. And then this queen, who's sort of been the Lady Macbeth figure through the whole show, she now sits the uh, Iron Throne. And it's worth saying she is a mass murderer. She uh, also in the book, she's additionally kind of stupid and an alcoholic. And she likes to do things like seduce people and then create arbitrary reasons to have tortured them, tortured to death. And she funds and dabbles in necromancy. So these are the kinds of I'm just saying it's not the best record of people. It's not the best like that's someone I want to emulate are the people who have sat the Iron Throne. It's not. So in all the all the eons and eons and fake years of the throne existing, there hasn't been one nice person who had an okay normal death. No, no. I mean, some of them, some of them were, but even they usually like married a sibling or a cousin or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which I think has to be a mark against them, right? Like if I'm a great guy, but I also have kids with a sibling of mine, like that's. That's bad, right? But you were saying it was normal then and that we have a long history of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, no, there's a there's a few good eggs back there. I mean, it's, but uh, there's it's not only that they have flying weapons of mass destruction that have allowed the Targaryens to, to hold power for as long as they did. 
a king can never sit easy. There a actually is a lot we could read in there with the profiles. Both that you are a king, right? Yes. Like, right? Like, which is a very kind of, you know, that's, yeah, that's great. Like, I'm the king, right? But also that it's like heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? It's like I'm a little. I'm not going to Mar-a-Lago on the weekends. No, I'm you know? conflicted about my kingship. I will say I am the most powerful, but I'm conflicted about being the most powerful. Also, I work real hard. I'm not sit- I'm not just leaning back on my throne getting the Joker to perform little dances for me. Although that does happen. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. That happens. That happens more in the books than on the show. But there is a Joker who, like, has to do little dances. And <laughs> there's a bard who sings a song that's slanderous to one of the kings. And he has his tongue ripped out. And, you know, there's all sorts of stuff like that. But, yes, that's true. If you wanted to really strain to see the silver lining here— it would be, yeah, I work very hard. I've worked hard to get to where I am. I've worked hard to get to where I am. I'm proud of my achievements, but I don't rest on my laurels. Yes, that would be the positive. Blood was versus. shed. I may have murdered several <laughs> people to get here. I may have slept with a sibling or two, but I just want you to know I don't feel great about that. I'm just doing what I could to sit on this asymmetric monstrosity of Spike's jagged edges and twisted metal. That might slowly corrupt my brain. Yes, there's that too. Yeah, absolutely. So does the queen wear a fur coat? And here's what I want to know that. At the pop-up shop in D.C., they're providing a fur coat for all the the women to wear. Oh, that's great. I wonder. Okay, so that can mean a lot of different things. I'm going to guess what that means is this. One of the other female leads in the show is a woman named – the character's name is Sansa Stark. And she is currently – the ruler, essentially, of this rebellion in the North. I'm simplifying a lot of stuff here to try to get it, so please don't write me angrily. uh, Are they wearing the coat because the winter's coming? They're wearing the coat because the winter's coming. That's part of it. But it's also because I think it's to symbolize your allegiance with this fan-favorite heroic character in the North, Sansa Stark, who is coming to invade the South and take the throne. Interesting. Let me show you one other photo of a woman sitting in the chair. A lot of women like to recline in the chair. Yeah, that's. I think that's pretty fascinating, actually. I mean, look, if you were going to recline, doing it sideways is the correct way to do it. If you did it in the back, you get sliced to ribbons. Do people sexy recline on the chair in the show? No, no, no. There's a lot of kind of um, snake-like, oh, look at my body posture. It's so cunning. There's a kind of like that. Like I'm swishing a imaginary cognac right now as I, as I say this. There's a lot of that kind of thing. But no, this is about stern, brutal power. So to, huh. so there is something about like having your dating photo portrait thing. It's sort of like – um. Do you remember when The Dark Knight came out and there were lots of people wearing T-shirts with, like, Heath Ledger's The Joker on it? You're sort yes. of like, did you see the movie? Like, is that <laughs> – do you really want to be like, you know, I know, the guy who sliced his own face open and puts pencils through people's eyes and, you know, kills poor Maggie Gyllenhaal. That's the person that I want to align with. It's just very strange to me. I mean, it's a way of symbolizing your love for this pop culture thing, but I just feel like the meaning could be teased out a little bit more. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, I'm going to pull out my slideshow of throne shots from various dating apps, and you'll hear which one of the throne stars is going to get Isaac's approval. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. 
We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we're back with Isaac Butler. And I just showed him a photo of Omar, who's 37 years old, from Tinder. This one that you're showing me is also kind of odd because the throne is made out of electric guitars. (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Is that like... There's also apparently a throne made out of dildos. A throne made... Now, okay. Look, there's a lot of effing on that show. So a throne made out of dildos actually makes like a little bit more sense than a throne made out of electric guitars that for a show that doesn't even have electricity. And then our next photo, Will, who's 32 years old, sitting in one of those classic chair poses, his hands grabbing both arms of the chair, his legs slightly parted. You know, he's sitting forward, so he knows how to properly sit on the Iron Throne, which is great. And he seems a little apprehensive about it, which if you were sitting on a throne, the back of which could kill you by slicing you open, you would be a little apprehensive about about sitting on it as well. And then I showed him a guy kind of curled up in the chair, like a little kitten taking a nap. That is adorable. I would absolutely investigate that guy's profile further. It's That's like so charming to me that that's the way he's sitting on it. But if you're in a ball like a little kitten, I can't really see your face. So I swiped left. Now, this is a I'm showing you one more photo of the very particular way man, men manspread on the throne. Yeah. No, men really. I think there's a thing where like this feels powerful. You know, you've got your legs spread. They're at about shoulder, actually slightly wider than shoulder width, which is kind of crazy. Also, the angle of the the, the shot often feels like they're like trying <laughs> right to go for a the little middle. they're right trying to the go middle. for a little moose knuckle, you know, so like 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 uh, or something, you know, and then it's often oh the photo God. is the hands are on the thighs. Right. This is like a very textbook. The, the legs are spread a little further than shoulder width apart. The hands are on the thighs and they're staring at you. And it's to me, just like the subway. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the subway. You want to walk over and be like, excuse me, sir, two people can fit on that deadly throne that symbolizes the brutality of power. It's also that they, uh, yeah, they seem to be trying to project this kind of masculine power and mastery. But the fact that it's this kind of, and I say this as someone who still plays Dungeons and Dragons, kind of Ren Fair nerdery thing just like so undercuts that, that it's like, <laughs> almost charming, but slips past that, at least to me, to be a little bit like squicky. (laughs) Have there ever been multiple people sitting in the chair at once? I don't know. I have to imagine. Okay, so George R. R. Martin, and it's something that we should also talk about with the show in this book, that one thing they're also known for is the frequent non-consensual uh, sex acts or incredibly ab- bizarre, complicated sex scenes and, and things like that, uh, which is another weird thing to try to reference in a dating profile. It's like this is a television show that's known for all the orgies and rapes. And so, like, that's what I'm going to reference. Please my... agree to meet me in a public place after yeah. talking with me from the Internet. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so that's a little that's a little odd. So I imagine in George R. R. Martin's imagination, knowing what that imagination is like, there's probably some past king who tried to like have a 
fivesome on top of the throne and someone died during it and they were actually kind of turned on by that so then they started like murdering their sexual partners or something. I mean like that like yeah, that's the kind of It's back there. Yeah, There's yeah. got to be There's got to be something yeah. like that. And I have to say like as a woman swiping on these apps that is the thing that goes through my mind is the non-consensual sex stuff that I hear about from the show and probably yeah. a big part of why I haven't elected to watch it. Sure. I mean, you know, my wife and I often wind up kind of fast forwarding through that stuff or it's like, you know, it's coming. So you just kind of like, you know, there's one scene that we sort of knew was was coming. And so literally we turned the sound off and fast forward through it. And I just kind of summarized. Yes, this ended up how you thought it did while uh, while, you know, yeah. it's just there's there's I mean, yeah, the show takes it to a particular extreme that's different from. The books, because reading about it is different from seeing it enacted. And sometimes in the books, it's actually kind of like a I, I actually will defend the books on this front to a limited extent. I think that what George R. R. Martin is trying to do in the books is to push back at the kind of tropes of heroic fantasy and the idea if i remember correctly he was a he was actually like a conscientious objector during vietnam so i think there's a pacifist strain to it that is about showing you what the horrors of war and these heroic kind of tolkien derived narratives what the underside of those are really like so and war always comes with an enormous outbreak of sexual violence, right? I mean, that is a that is a thing that happens when war happens. And so I do actually think they're justifiable on that level in a way that the show, in, in particularly a, a sequence at Craster's Keep, so that your listeners will know which one I'm talking about, is actually often routinely indefensible on that front. And I actually feel over the fast past couple of seasons on the show they've tried to course correct for that if i remember correctly they're actually they've steeply decreased the incidence of sexual violence and, and you know like i actually think the show has tried to kind of course correct around that as it's gone on because they actually took it they they took it so far that the show became kind of unwatchable i mean there's a yeah yeah because i remember around the moment that i was saying everyone's really into the show i should probably start watching it that was about the moment that yeah. that scene happened and i remember all the think pieces about you know, they didn't need to take this many liberties. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is a scene which is invented, which is not in the books, where there's like a bunch of people have taken over this building that where a guy had like 29 wives and they've killed the guy and they've taken over the wives. And it cuts to the the scene and it's a uh, Burn Gorman, who's now on turn, Washington spies. And uh, Burn Gorman is literally screaming, fuck them till they're dead. And there's just like people being raped everywhere. Like, that's the shot. That's the <laughs> sequence. And you're like, what? Oh my what? God. And, and ever since then, they've kind of slowly come come around but i mean it's really really just sort of like that was i mean wow um so that's a caption that i that is going to now go through my mind every time i see the sword chair it's just fuck them till they're dead yeah well you know it's probably not a bad thing it's you probably you'll probably save yourself some dating trouble amongst other things if you don't watch the show why would you want to go on a date with someone who loves this show i don't know if i agree because I don't think it's important for me to watch the exact same shows as a partner. I watch sure. The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise and the whole crappy franchise, and it's not my proudest television watching. And if a guy was proudly boasting about watching The Bachelor and Bachelorette as passionate as I am about these shows on his profile, I'd be like, 
you're wasting a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I just mean there's a thing where someone is, is signaling what their priorities of interest are, and you might not share that priority of interest. I mean, yeah, like Anne and I watch different shows. I watch The Expanse. She has no interest in seeing asteroid space miners who speak their own slang. Uh, are you recommending this show? To the Expanse listen? is amazing. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, no, that show's great. It's everything you want in a show that's set in space, which is where every television <laughs> show should be set is in space. Uh, you know, she doesn't She doesn't watch it, and there's shows that she watches that I'm not into. And, you know, yeah, no, it's absolutely important that you and your, your eventual partner have different interests and read different books and like different things, but in compatible ways. But if someone's, like, first step forward is, you know, like, Zunes, I love Game of Thrones, <laughs> you just might not be that compatible with them if it's a show that has never interested you. Okay, so Isaac Butler... When my listeners and I see people posing in the throne, yeah. how should we swipe? Okay, I have to ask you one quick question first. So the last time I went on a, a date as a single person was 12 years ago, and my wife and I uh, used Friendster to look at photos of each other. So uh, which way do you swipe? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's which okay. You... Uh, swipe right for yes, swipe left for no. Right signifies progress. Okay, great. Sure. I would say that if they are making like an appealing, funny joke about it, like our our fellow who is curling up on it like a cat and taking a nap, it is worth investigating further. So maybe like a tentative right and up. But I would also be wary, like if the flirting gets like, so are you into murdering people? Then, you know, obviously no. <laughs> but uh, uh, but, if, but a good opening line then would be how much blood was shed to arrive in your throne. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah that would be great. Or that would be great. So you swipe right and then your first line should be incest question mark? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just get it exactly. out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure before we go down this road, have you married one of your siblings? Yeah. Uh, if the answer is no, then coffee? Let's proceed. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then swipe left if? Swipe left if they're in any way taking it seriously, I think. If they're in any way taking it seriously, just no, that's 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 not good. That's not a thing you uh, you want. And if you need some Game of Thrones material to prepare for that first date, I would like to recommend a podcast. It's Slate's Game of Thrones spoiler special podcast hosted by you and June Thomas and Seth Stevenson. Yep. Available to Slate Plus members. But the first episode you can get on Monday. That is absolutely right. Isaac Butler, thank you. Thank you so much. Before we go, I just want to point out something pretty quickly. My whole hot take on whether or not a throne sitter's got game, there are other women who would disagree with me. Here's a lady AC met at that pop-up bar in DC. Honestly, I feel like being here and like having that much enthusiasm, like, yeah, like I might I might give a second take, you know? Okay. Like look again. So the host of our show, Andrea, is really concerned about the man spreading aspect of the Iron Throne. I feel like if you're if you're a king on the Iron Throne, like you, that seat's all yours. You're not sharing it with anybody on the bus. Like man, spread all you want. So, like all things dating, you should probably just keep telling everyone who you are, even if that involves the throne. Our show is produced by me, Andreas Lindsay, with Lindsay Cradwell. Our editor is Hillary Frank. We helped this week from AC Valdez and Sam Corum, who made it through the line at the pop-up bar and did get some very cool photos. Our artwork changes every week thanks to Teddy Blanks at Chips.NYC. And our theme music is by Andy Miklas, Casey Holford, Lee Rosevier, and Evan Viola. Special thanks to Mia Lobel and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Did you catch our Bonobos tour? 
I know that live podcast episodes can sometimes feel like crashing a party, but I loved making these, so check them out. Tell us what you think. Next time on YY, my friend Anna. She's cracked the true symbolic meaning of the throne picks. It's very much like, I have HBO Go. Your move. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's my brother-in-law's password, but still. Right, right. It's like, I don't just have Netflix. I have HBO Go too. What? What's up?